So tonight we are, like I said, beginning a new sermon series on thankfulness. And I'm excited for this. It's not just a thing that we talk about because it happens to be Thanksgiving soon, but thankfulness is a regular thing throughout Scripture. And I'm excited to dive in with you over the next couple weeks as we explore this theme more and more. Well, in the last, really the last decade or so, superhero movies have kind of been all the rage, right? It's been always the big blockbuster movies always seem to be superhero movies. In fact, did you know that eight of the top 25 grossing films of all time, I didn't say the best films, but at least the ones that made the most money are Marvel superhero movies. And of course, the number one film of all time is also one of those films. We kind of love this idea, right, of the superheroes and the, the, the way that they have their lives and the powers that they have. And as we think about thankfulness tonight, I read one, one person who wrote this and I thought it was so true and it kind of struck a chord with me that thankfulness is like a superpower for the Christian life. Thankfulness is like a superpower for the Christian life. Now, that doesn't mean that if you are thankful, you will have no problems, it doesn't mean that if you are thankful, you will never struggle with anything in life. That's, that's not at all what it means. But thankfulness, when we start to practice it, when it becomes a regular part of our lives, has an impact that goes far beyond just one small category. When we start to practice thankfulness in our hearts and our lives, it has a trickle-down effect that's massive and it affects so many other things in our lives that you could call it a superpower that if we get thankfulness, if it's a practice of our lives, it truly is something that can transform our day-to-day Christian experience and what it means to follow Jesus. So this past week, I went through... And I read in the Bible every time the word thanks or thankfulness or thanksgiving or thank occurs in scripture. There's a couple hundred of them. And I just wanted to really get get a glimpse of what, what does the Bible say about thankfulness? What are the major themes that come out? And so tonight as we start this series, what I want us to think about tonight is just the question, what do we always have to be thankful for? What does scripture say? Well, these are things that we always have that are true of our lives, regardless of the circumstances that you and I can always be thankful for. So that's the question we're going to think about tonight. What do we always have to be thankful for? And the first thing that we always have to be thankful for is this, the character of God. The character of God is something that you and I always have to be thankful for. Now, I want to get this straight because this is true in Scripture. So often, the large majority of the time in the Bible where thankfulness is mentioned, it's not because of something that happened. Now, that is true. That does happen. And so it's not inappropriate to be thankful if you get a raise or to be thankful if a surgery is successful. That is a good response. We're going to talk more about that. But the most the the majority, excuse me, of times in scripture where thankfulness is given is in a response to who God is. And thankfulness in our hearts as followers of Jesus starts not on what God has done for us, but on who God himself is. 
So when you read through scripture and, and, this, and the people respond to God in overwhelming thanksgiving to who he is, what are the things that they often thank God for? What are those things that are called out over and over in the character of God that we are thankful for? Well, the first that comes up over and over again is God's goodness. Thanksgiving to God because God is good. In Psalm chapter 55 Verse six, it says, with a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. God is a good God. And that is true of him regardless of the circumstances of our lives. And the goodness of God matters so much because you have a reason to give thanks even when your life doesn't seem good because God is still good. And it causes us to shift our perspective, even in times of turmoil and difficulty, when we dwell not on our own problems, but on the goodness of God. And when we think of the goodness of God, the proper response of our hearts is to overwhelm in thanksgiving to him. So in scripture, the goodness of God is one of the things that is always given thanks for. The second thing that's always given thanks for throughout scripture so commonly is the enduring love of God, the steadfast love of our God. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34, it says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. There you have goodness again. For his steadfast love endures forever. Now you wonder where the guy who wrote that first song that we sang today, where he got it from. Well, he pulled it straight from the Bible, right? Give thanks to God for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. That exact phrase, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. That whole phrase occurs 10 times in scripture here in Chronicles and over and over throughout the Psalms. A giving of thanks for the steadfast love of God, the enduring love of God. In Psalm chapter 107, it says this, Psalm 107 verse 8, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Again, what's amazing about this in Psalm 107 is this first, this exact phrase, thank the Lord for the steadfastness of his love, occurs four times in just this chapter. See, when the psalmist looked at the love of God, he always found reason for thanksgiving, for rejoicing, for giving thanks to God because of it. Because here's the thing, God's love for us is a perfect, a pure, and a true love. See, too often in our world, love is reduced to an emotion or a feeling. And sometimes love does induce emotions and feelings, right? If you've never felt a feeling towards someone, you probably don't love them. But here's the thing, love in the biblical sense of the word is not just an emotion or feeling, it's so much more. Love is a choice. It's an action towards someone else. And God's action to show his love towards us in each and every circumstance of life is unfailing. And so God's steadfast love towards us is true in times where we sense and we feel the love of God and in times when we don't. But his love towards us is the constant choice. It's the overflow of his heart towards you and towards me. 
And as we think of a God who is good and whose love for us never changes. Now get that. God loves you today no matter what you did. No matter if you got up early, you did your devotions, you watched church online, or maybe you're someplace where you went to church in person, and then you spent, God loves you then. But God loves you just as much if you slept in and you forgot to read your Bible and you didn't worship. No, I wouldn't suggest doing that. But it's true that God's love for you is still the same because it doesn't depend on you. It's an overflow of his heart towards his people. God's steadfast love endures forever. And when we get that about God, it causes us to give thanks for who he is. So when we think of the character of God, why does that cause us to give thanks? First, because God is good. Second, because God's love endures forever. And thirdly, because God is a holy God. God is a holy God. In Psalm chapter 97, verse 12, the psalm ends by saying this, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. Give thanks to his holy name. In scripture, a name meant the, the character, the essence of who the person is. The psalmist here is rejoicing that God is a holy God. And because of that, he is deserving of our praise, our worship, and our thanksgiving. See, when we think of how broken and how fallen, how messed up this world is, when we then think about our God, that he is holy, that he is set apart, he is pure, he is perfect in every single way, that all the messed up systems and structure, the messed up relationships of this world don't change who he is, that he is still holy and set apart, that he is still righteous. It should cause us to overflow with thanksgiving to him. Friends, we serve a God who is deserving of our praise. And when we start to get who God is, it causes our hearts to be thankful. And when we think of things that we have to be thankful for, that's where we should start, just on who the God is that we serve. Now, there are so many other things about God that are worthy of our thanks, but those are just the three that are most often highlighted throughout Scripture. That God is good, his love endures forever, and that he is holy. So are you thanking God today? Is your thankfulness, that attitude in your life of thanksgiving to him, is it just a response of the circumstances of your life or is it a response because of who he is? Because in scripture, thankfulness starts with an overflow of a response for who God is. And we thank God, not just for what he's done, but first we thank him for who he is. So what do we have to thank God for? First, the character of God, that it's unchanging. It's always there. His love endures forever. But secondly, we always have to thank God for this, that God's plans for us never change. God's plans never change. And so this is going back to if you joined us last week as we wrapped up our Citizens of Heaven series, we talked about the sovereignty of God, that God is in control, that he reigns over this earth and is in control of all things. God is in control and his plans will be accomplished in this world. His plans in your life will be accomplished. 
So you say, well, why, does this, why is this grounds for thanksgiving, that God is still in control, that his plans will always prosper? Because here's the thing, you and I, well, I can't speak for you. I can only speak for me, but I can imagine it's the same. We don't like it when our plans change. We don't like it when our plans change. None of us, I don't think, when this pandemic hit and lockdown order was in place and our worlds have been kind of disrupted for months now, we're like, oh great, this is a lot of fun. I, I, I just love how I had all these plans and now they're all thrown. <laughs> no, none of us think that way. Right? And none of us think that way about the plans that we make in our own lives that suddenly get changed. We had a job that we thought God was leading us to, and now it's gone. We had a relationship that we thought that God really wanted us to pursue, but the other person didn't feel that way either. And, so, and suddenly, like, what, what happens when our plans don't line up with God's plans? Well, even in those situations, it's cause for thanksgiving. Because see, when our plans change, it's because God is changing our plans to match his plans. He's changing our lives to match his will for our lives. And because of this, this is why we can be thankful no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation that we find ourselves in, because we serve a God who's in control and his plans are always going to come to pass. It's why in 1 Thessalonians, a short verse, but a very powerful verse is so true for our lives. If I could find it here in my Bible. There we go. 1 Thessalonians. It says this, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And then verse 18, give thanks. Okay, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So hold up. Give thanks in good circumstances. Well, we, we are good at that, right? When we get the job, when the relationship works out, when our kids are healthy, we get that, that yes, give thanks in, in those good circumstances, but he, the Bible doesn't say that. It says to give thanks in all circumstances. That is challenging. That's challenging. We are trained to want to give thanks for the good, but the hard, the difficult it's a lot more difficult for us to give thanks in those situations where our lives don't line up to the expectations that we have. For many of us, this year has been a challenge. Change has come. But when life doesn't meet our expectations, what is our response? Is it to lean in and say, thank you, God, I don't know why this is happening but I know you're in control and I still want to see what you're doing through this. See, thankfulness for blessings is common for everyone. You don't need to be a follower of Jesus. If you were to meet almost anyone, they're thankful for good things in their lives. But thankfulness in all circumstances is a unique thing amongst God's people. And it can be true because we know that God's in control, that God has a plan even in the hard, the difficult, the painful circumstances of our lives. Yes, even then, we can thank God. Well, just recently, 
Um, I, I saw the, a heartbreaking thing um, for someone who I don't know, but I've respected and read a lot of their materials over the years. Um, Tim Challies is a, a Canadian Christian author, and he has a blog that's been so super helpful. His writing and speaking have influenced literally probably thousands and millions of people all over the world. And he wrote a blog post last week documenting how very suddenly and totally unexpectedly his 20-year-old son had passed away. Perfectly healthy, tragic accident had happened. And suddenly, unbeknownst, they had no idea what had happened that caused him, but he just died. And he shared the next day or two days later, I think it was, on his blog that he was able to go. His son was, was studying at a Christian college and he went and he asked and he spoke to that Christian college, so many of whom were his son's friends. And I don't know a deeper pain than the pain of a parent losing a child. And this was his closing paragraph that he shared that he spoke to the people there, the students and the faculty there at the school. He said this, so thank you for being his teachers, his mentors, his supporters, his friends, and his family when he was in America. He ran only a short race, just 20 years, but he finished strong. And I'm so able that he, and I'm so thankful that he was able to finish his race with you, surrounded by the people he loved. How can someone who just lost their son be thankful for certain things? It's because thankfulness is a powerful thing in our lives that transforms even the most difficult of circumstances. So even in the darkest hours of our lives, we can still give thanks to God. It doesn't mean the pain isn't there. It doesn't mean we're like, oh, joy, I'm glad this has happened. But we can see thankfulness even in the midst of awful and difficult circumstances because we know that God's plan ultimately has not changed. See, thankfulness is a superpower because it can transform our perspective. It can transform our hearts, even in difficult times. This is why Paul can write this in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything, again, all circumstances, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So are you in a season where it's one of those not good circumstances, but it's that all circumstances to give thanks? What should our response be is to lean into God with prayer, to give our worries to the one who has all things under his care and concern. And to still be thankful, to be thankful to God, to find those things in our lives to be thankful for, even in the darkest, the most difficult moments. God is to be thanked in the good and also in the hard. God is to be thanked in all circumstances of life. So what do we have to be thankful for? We, we have the character of God to be thankful for. We have the fact that his plans never change and that can help us to be thankful in each and every circumstance. Thirdly, we also have this. We can be thankful because God has given us salvation. God has given us salvation. And in scripture, when there is a response to, of thankfulness to what God has done, it most often is a thankfulness to the salvation that God has brought for his people. 
This is throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And when Paul reflects on his ministry and as he sees the gospel going further out to more and more people, he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. He says this, For it is all for your sake, so that grace, that's the good news of Jesus, extends to more and more people. It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. See, as the gospel goes forth, as salvation goes forth, thanksgiving should then rise as a response to the salvation that people have received from Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is the proper response of our hearts and of our lives to the salvation that we have received from him. See, it's interesting in the Old Testament, a phrase occurs several different times. And one of them um, is in Psalm chapter 50. In Psalm chapter 50, verse 14, it says this, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, if you've read through scripture, you're familiar with your Old Testament, you know that sacrifices were a regular part of worship for the Old Testament people of God. That sacrifices were a regular thing that they were to come and they were to offer. And these are laid out for us in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7. All the specifics, the nitty gritty of how the sacrifices were to be brought. The sacrifices were to be given. And most of us, probably all of us, but most of us certainly when we think of the sacrifices, we think of sacrifices that were brought to cover sin for the people of Israel. Right? Sacrifices that were brought to cover sin in their lives until ultimately looking forward to Jesus who paid the ultimate sacrifice for sin. But when you look at Leviticus, there's actually five different kinds of sacrifices that were to be brought. There's burnt offerings, there's grain offerings, there's sin offerings, there's guilt offerings. All of those were mandatory parts of their worship. But then you get this thing in Leviticus 7 called peace offerings, And it's the only one of those sacrifices that was actually optional for them in worship. It wasn't required, but it was at seasons appropriate. And the first peace offering that they are given is instructions on how to bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So when the psalmist is talking about a sacrifice of thanksgiving, he's not just kind of picking up on the lingo of a sacrifice, but it was an actual thing that they did in response to what God had done. That an animal was brought, it was sacrificed, and actually the meal was shared amongst all who were present. And the sacrifice of thanksgiving was to be done as an overflow of gratitude towards what God had done to them. The other sacrifices were those for sin, for guilt that were covered. But the thanksgiving offering was an overflow of gratitude towards God because of the salvation that he had for his people. See, throughout all of scripture, when God has saved his people, when he has wiped away their sin, the proper response of God's people to that is to be overwhelmed with thankfulness. To be overwhelmed with thankfulness. See, how couldn't we see the cross of Jesus Christ? How could we see that in our hearts not respond with thankfulness. Because on the cross, Jesus just didn't do something nice for you. He didn't just do something kind for you. Jesus did something for you that you could not do for yourself. 
He did something that was impossible for you to do. You couldn't pay for your own sin. Only he could. And when we realize the magnitude of Jesus' sacrifice for us, our hearts must respond in thankfulness to him. It's the only proper response when we understand what Jesus really did for us. So when the circumstances of your life make thankfulness hard, one of the best solutions to that is to reflect on the cross. Because when we go back to the cross, it orients our hearts. It causes us to see Jesus again. And it causes us to see that thankfulness in our lives is not driven by circumstances, but it's by the cross of Jesus Christ. And even when everything else in our lives may be challenging and difficult, we can still look to Jesus who has provided for us salvation and we can always be thankful for that no matter what is going on in our lives. So I want to challenge you this week to make thankfulness a regular part of your life. It's awesome that we have a holiday coming up in just over, what, a week and a half or so to celebrate Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving isn't a thing we do for one day and then the other 364 days, like it's something we don't have to practice. If you're a follower of Jesus, Thanksgiving, thankfulness is to be an everyday part of your life. It's why in Colossians chapter three, it says this, and whatever you do, Right, whatever. Do you you notice how Paul always uses like these all circumstances in everything, whatever you do, it doesn't depend on where you are in life, on what you feel like each and every day. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything you do is to be done for Jesus. And in all those things you do, you're to be giving thanks thanks to God the Father through his Son. So I just want to challenge you this week, each and every day. You can start tonight. That'd be a great way, even right now as we close our service. Just think of, start each day with a prayer. God, today I thank you for this. Today, God, I thank you for this. Make it something about the character of God. Today, I thank you that your love for me is the same because I know I'm going to sin, I'm going to mess up, but your love for me is always there. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you that today I don't know what's going to come my way, but I know that you're in control. Your plans for me are for my good. And so I'm thanking you today, despite the circumstances that come into my life. Whatever it is, our lives can be transformed when we start to practice the habit of thankfulness in our lives. So I want to challenge us this, this week, each and every day, as we start our day, to think of something and thank God for it. Just try it. Try it for a week and see what God starts to do in our hearts and in our lives as we cultivate an attitude of thankfulness to him for who he is and for the salvation that he has given us in his son, Jesus Christ. God, we do have so much to be thankful for. God, and as we see you for who we are, for who you are, excuse me, we see our lives that are in your hands and we see the salvation that is in your son, Jesus Christ. God, may our hearts overflow with thankfulness to you. May may thankfulness start to shift our perspectives in our lives more and more. 
God, may we get that this week. Help us to be people who are more thankful for you and for Jesus in our lives. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.